Welcome to the Infinite Dance. I'm your host, Carrie Aretta. In this podcast, we'll discuss all things Akashic. And in this episode, I wanted to introduce myself as why I'm somebody who is going to discuss your soul's journey, my soul's journey, um, and spirituality on a weekly basis. So here we go. I feel like I've always been connected to source and not just on my own, but in the way I was raised. I was raised in the Catholic church, um, went to Catholic school until I was in a freshman in high school. And always enjoyed the feeling of the goosebumps I got of everything's okay when I was in the community of church. So on those times where we would gather and I was lucky enough to, to be a part of a very modern for back in the 1980s Catholic church my best friend's mom played guitar in the choir and the priests were really young and attainable. I mean, they would come over for dinner and even come over to my best friend's house sometimes on the weekends and play cards and smoke cigars, Father Roman in particular. Um, so it I got to really see more of a human side of somebody who said, I am taking this oath to God in this lifetime, this vow of, of being in this divinatory state and committing myself in this way, but also having this human experience. So I think that was really important that I got that at a really young age, but I knew I wasn't Catholic also at a very young age. And that came one day after I went in for confirmation. And for anybody who doesn't know, confirmation is telling a priest your quote unquote sins. So I was 12 or 13. And I had to go in for confirmation. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know if, if I really sinned in the way of what I would think a sin is. So I did the week before, I believe, try out smoking a cigarette with some girlfriends in the handicapped bathroom inside of a McDonald's down the street from our school. So I thought, okay, that's probably a good sin to confess, even though I didn't really feel bad. I mean, I know smoking's not good for you. I'm not saying that, but I didn't feel like I was a sinner for trying it. And I didn't like it at that time, by the way. So I confessed this sin of smoking and I came out of the confessional and I kind of looked around and I just felt like 
I don't know what just happened, but that just didn't feel right. And I looked up and I see the Stations of the Cross on the wall in the church across from the confessional. And again, if you don't know what those are, they're called the Way of Sorrows, which depicts Jesus on the day of his crucifixion. So they're basically pictures of torture. And I believe that the ones that I was looking at, the ones I'm seeing in my eye right now, are like a relief, kind of like made out of stone. And I've seen them in other churches where they're made out of st stained glass and whatnot. Um, but right then and there, I was like, I really don't think I'm Catholic. It just didn't resonate with me to be around daily in a place where I want to was raising these vibrations and feeling, you know, good and wanting to feel good. But then seeing this torture of this human and why he, why I would have to continue to see this torture, it just didn't make sense. And I remember when I was told stories about this time in his life, in Jesus's life, I would just cry. And the times I watched the movies, I just thought this is just awful. So I, at that point, I knew I wasn't Catholic, but I knew I want, I had a connection with source, God, goddess, and I wanted to continue that. And sidebar, I was also never confirmed, which is considered the giving of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the Catholic Church. And this makes sense as far as souls go in working with souls history and my own, of course, on a daily basis. But the gifts of the Holy, giving of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which incorporate wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, fortitude, piety, and last but not least, fear of the Lord. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not do I want to take an oath or take part in this rite. And again, at a very young age, I knew this was not the path for me to continue to explore my own soul's journey in this lifetime and or past lifetimes. So it was very clear to me. And that was my first aha moment with spirituality and trusting my gut, trusting my gut that this wasn't the correct path and it wasn't gonna get me to where I need to be if I continued on it. And I'm not saying that's not true for all people, but that was just my personal experience. But again, I always loved the raising of the energy by the group, um, the congregation, which is the group coming together in a Catholic church. I always enjoyed that space. And we were lucky enough to, again, modern Catholic church, the priests would have a homily, which is like a, for lack of a better term, uh, a speech at one point in the mass that we were uh, taking part in. And they were always very uplifting. You know, it was never like, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. And so I never had that. It was never a negative experience as far as 
being told necessarily I'm terrible, even though I didn't feel like I was a sinner. I still don't feel like a sinner, <laughs> but that's another, that's another episode. Back to the intro of why I'm going to keep on talking to you about all things Akashic and spirituality. So when I got into college, I went down to Santa Barbara, California, and I had my very first tarot reading by a witch who was a friend. And she's telling me she's a witch and, you know, let's do a tarot reading. All right, let's give it a try. And I had the reading with her and it was really low key. I think there was a couple of us in the room and, you know, we're just exploring. And I thought, this is really interesting. I feel a sense of connection and I feel a sense of connection to kind of how I felt in the Catholic church too, you know, um, this raising of energy um, for the highest good. You know, it was, it was very good. It wasn't like there was any negativity or wanting to curse anything. Um, it was more of exploring again the spirituality of who am I, what am I doing, and how can I interact with this part of myself, with other people. And so th that was a really great experience. And I knew I wanted to delve more into that. So about a year after that very first experience, and, and again, I had just gotten into college. I had roommates, like actual living in the room roommates, which if you've ever experienced that, oh my, no thank you ever again. Um, I moved out on my own and I moved to this mountainous area of Santa Barbara. So I could still see the ocean from up there but I was in these, you know, the mountains, which were not like mountains, like getting snow, but it was just like not right on the water, but it was wonderful. And I decided at that time that I was going to put myself through high priestess training in the fairy Wicca tradition, which was a year and a day. And so I journaled, I meditated, I studied medicinal and magical herbs, and I also studied runes at that time, which are a Germanic-based alphabet invented by the god Odin, which at 22 it was cool that I was attracted to that because I did find out later that Odin is one of my um, guides. So it's it very close to that. So I put myself around, even though I was on the solo journey with the year and a day, I put myself around other people that either called themselves witch or practice certain forms of spirituality. And I took part in rituals and in groups, but I never joined a coven. A lot of times witches will um, join covens to continue that group um, dynamic with spirituality and magic. So it just didn't, nothing ever really sat. Like again, I, I, I would partake in ritual with others 
that I felt comfortable with, but never um, long-term. So I knew I wanted to develop the psychic side of my, my soul. So after I did the year and a day, I called myself high priestess in the fairy Wicca tradition. Yep, Carrie's a fairy. Um, I wanted to develop the psychic side and also experience how that would look with clients. So I knew I wanted to bring this to other people and also incorporate the physical body, energetic body, and spiritual body. So I, I knew at that time, and this was probably in my late 20s, that I knew I wanted to incorporate all three. So I was attracted and attended the Acupressure Institute in Berkeley, California. And that was wonderful. It was such a wonderful school to start to play around with those psychic abilities. And again, incorporating the three different bodies on other people and, and on myself, you know, learning how to um, use those healing modalities on myself through the meridians, which are points on the body that relate to organs and emotions. And the way I saw those points, which was, this was aha moment number two in my spiritual quest journey. I saw those points connect with the skin, right? kind of like an Alex Gray painting. So if you know who Alex Gray is, he creates these beautiful paintings. They're very psychedelic. And it's almost like you're in another world when you look at them. But there's these points that come out of the body and lines. And one of the very first paintings of his I saw, I remember seeing those lines. And when I started seeing the meridians and the points with acupressure, that's how I saw them. So I didn't necessarily have to count right? From point to point, I just saw them. They presented themselves to me. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. <laughs> um, and again, it was my first time starting to put this out to other people. So after I was done with the Acupressure Institute, taking classes there, and I started to practice acupressure and massage. Um, Cause again, this was 1999, early 2000s. So it was to make money. The massage part was kind of more of the consistent to make money, but then I would have p people that would sign up for the acupressure and I got to see how it really affected them in a good, good way. And so that was really exciting for me to, to, to experience that with others. So I did that for about, about 10 years like that. 
right? So doing the massage and then also doing the acupressure and the energy work. And I started delving into tarot, more tarot on my own and Oracle cards. Um, in fact, the first tarot deck that I had read for me was more of an Oracle-like tarot. I mean, it was based on tarot with the major and minor arcana, but it didn't look anything like a tarot deck, a, a traditional tarot deck. It had a collages on them and, and it was very um, visual and it, lots of different images, which I just found fantastic in the backside of this tarot oracle deck had strands of DNA. So again, very first introductions, kind of setting up for what I'm doing now as far as my practice goes and what I'm naturally drawn to, which is cellular change of patterns and experiences of our soul's history. So I had moved about, about, no, about five years after I started doing the acupressure, right, and graduating, I moved to Denver and I wanted more along the lines of the other realms. So again, how can I explore more with the other realms, the other dimensions, um, and bringing this to other people? So I did learn Reiki and Asui, Shiki Ryoho, form of Reiki, by a fantastic teacher friend now named Kate Stanford. And this was my aha moment number three. During that training, we were told that we'll have a guide come to us who wants to guide us through whenever we do Reiki. And I was like, okay, great, you know. And when we got in that space to receive that guide, my grandma insisted on being that guide. And it's my father's mother, who I was extremely close to in this in, when she was living. And my cousin was also there. And I thought, is it going to be my cousin, you know, because I was really close to her too. And my grandma said, no, I'm going to be the main guide right now. And your cousin can be the, the, the guide too. So they're both there, but my grandma's the main guide. And of course, Archangel Raphael now too, who is the Archangel who governs over healings. And so he's helps to connect to those higher dimensions. And I'll get into that in another episode. Um, we'll talk about dimensions. Um, so that was, again, aha moment number three, because when my grandma came through and said, I'm going to be your main guide, it was, I mean, tears were I'm falling from my face. It was like, so I felt it so to my core that this was right. And this was the right path for me. And so it was wonderful to incorporate the Reiki into my acupressure and massage sessions. And about, oh, I'd say another five years after that, 
I knew I wanted again. I was looking for more. I started having more questions and I didn't know how to answer them. I didn't quite know how to answer them, even with, you know, my psychic abilities and the Reiki. So the bringing in of the energy from source, from, you know, Grandma Guy, Archangel Raphael to help and assist and assist, very important in healings and so I knew there was just some things I couldn't answer. And that's, you know, I could kind of see them and know them a little bit in the higher realms, but I was having a hard time getting them tangible in this dimension, in the third dimension where we are. And I knew I needed to seek out some somebody, another teacher, uh, always a student, even though I've teach, I've taught a lot. Um, over the years, but I knew I needed some guidance with that. So there's a, an event, an expo in Denver that happens every year called the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo. And I was meeting a friend there. So she's also psychic and she would use her psychic abilities a little bit um, with people, but she didn't let them uh, develop all the way but we were meeting there and i was really looking forward to seeing her i was really looking forward to being at the expo and seeing if i can maybe find somebody who might help me with these questions and i just happened to have broken up with a guy i was dating and it wasn't a big um like you know long-term thing it was a short-term thing but we had tried and I didn't, I knew I didn't want to be with him anymore, but I couldn't shake his energy. So I went into the expo knowing, you know, with all my tools that I already had, trying to cut cords and all those things, I, I still couldn't shake this energy of him. And, and I knew I needed, again, some assistance with that. So when I get to the expo and I see my friend, the other friend that's a psychic, she says, hey, you have to have an Akashic reading. And I said, okay what's an Akashic reading? She's like, it's, well, you know, she kind of explained it's going along your soul's history and, and the reader opens this book and I'm like, what? And I was like, I don't know what you're saying, but I trust you. <laughs> um, and so I went to the woman that was giving Akashic readings and I signed up. Um, you sign up and I signed up for, I think, a 20 minute session and they call you, you know, you kind of sit near them and they call you when your, when your name comes up. So I went in for my 20 minute reading and I told her my concern about the guy I was dating. I'd like to shake his energy. It's sticking around and it's driving me nuts. It's, it's annoying. I kind of would help me release this. And she said, yeah, you know, he is hanging around for sure, energetically. And he threw some anger daggers into your aura. So that's probably what's making you feel so, you know, icky. And like, can you please get rid of this? And, um, you know, the two of you had some history in the past. You, I think it was three lifetimes ago, were actually siblings. And it, there was this 
interaction and he was really upset about it. And, you know, so there's what's going on. Let's release this from your energetic matrix and release the anger daggers. Okay. Thank you. You know, and uh, I knew though, at that point that I needed a little bit more time with her because she was kind of getting onto some things that I was like, yeah, let's kind of get rid of that. And, you know, once you start talking, you just kind of start, you know, going and, and listening also to what was coming through when she was channeling. Um, and so before I signed up for a full hour, um, cause I, I did at that point, you know, decide, I think I need to maybe, you know, do a little bit longer here. At one point she looked at me and she said, you know, you're probably going to end up reading the Akashic records. And I was like, what? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to open up somebody's, you know, records up in some other dimension. I don't even know what you're, I don't even know how you're doing this, even though I've been in touch and in tune and awake and all those things for all these years. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm feeling this, but there's no way. Well, after that hour, I, I, I felt really good. Um, I think I had another reading that day with another friend colleague um, that was fantastic. And I ended up, I think of the month later, started taking lessons with my, the woman that I saw, the Akashic reader, um, Anjali Arnold, who is actually my still teacher and friend. And so that was um, aha moment number four of, okay, I'm going to read Akashic records. And what in the heck does that mean? And lo and behold, well, you know what, it's my life's purpose. And it feels a hundred percent right that I would look into a soul's history to see what's going on, what's affecting somebody at a cellular level, right? What's keeping them stuck in a pattern or us, I should say, all of us, cause we all get stuck in these um, and how I can assist in releasing and transmuting what doesn't serve anymore because there is a time where certain dynamics or relationships or things will serve the souls. Right. So here I am on this podcast talking about all things Akashic and I currently have a practice I'm rebuilding um, after moving during COVID and I do sessions of Akashic readings and chakra clearings. So whenever we have something that is spiritually happening for us, it will take residence in our, in our energetic body, which is the chakras and help to release those. So they don't keep weighing down our already dense physical body right? Because our bodies are extremely dense. That's how we're here on earth. <laughs> um, I also do guided meditations every Wednesday morning on Zoom at 930 in the morning, Pacific Standard Time. And I will also have um, classes starting up at the end of April. 
So I will post about those. Um, we'll go over pretty much all we're talking about, but also ways to incorporate all of this into a personal practice and or a practice that you would want to take to be around others. I also have the, the Infinite Dance community on Facebook. It's a private group. So if, that, if that's something you're interested in, just let me know. Um, it's a safe space to continue to talk about all the things we talk about on this podcast and to ask questions, share, go into, you know, what's going on a little bit. Um, we'll kind of touch on things and check in with each other, see how things are going. I personally, um, part of the Akashic journey or a soul's journey that's really important is having a creative outlet. And I was always a dancer ever since I was a very young girl. I took ballet and jazz until I was about 14. And even I was even on toe. And then as a young adult, I started belly dancing. And that was a lot of fun. And I danced in troops. And I led troops. And I did a lot of the sewing of the costuming myself, which was, again, a creative outlet. And I also continue to sew today. Um, I sew yoga bolsters and pillows for sleeping, and they are made out of buckwheat hulls, which are a really great way to um, have a bolster or a, a support for the body when 